0: Welcome to Web of Tomorrow, a show about the web and the people who build it. I'm Adam Garrett-Harris, and I want to thank our first sponsor, vSchool, who are refactoring technical education through their immersive courses in full-stack JavaScript development and experience design. And this time, I have not one but two guests. Dave Smith is a software engineer working on Amazon Alexa and a co-host of Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. Jameson Dance is the other co-host of Soft Skills Engineering, and is an engineering manager at Walmart Labs. So, welcome to the show. Hey there. Hey. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. So, Dave, you were on the show way back on episode 24, almost three years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I wasn't on that episode, but Riley talked with you about mm-hmm. your programming background um, all the way back when you were programming uh, like TI calculators <laughs> to... Uh, Dave, you you've come so far
1: in three years. Yeah, wow. I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And
1: are you are you still building production systems in TI calculators three years later? Oh yeah,
2: you should see. You cluster these babies together. You can fill a whole <laughs> rack with them. Connect them through yeah. infrared and uh, those little audio cables.
0: And I don't think those calculators have changed at all. Like they're still exactly the same and the same price.
2: Yes. To my much to my chagrin, because now I have high school children who also need to buy them for the same price yeah. that I bought them in high school.
0: I wonder if the
1: Mario games on calculators today are also mining Bitcoin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, do they connect to the internet now? They probably do.
1: I doubt it. I doubt they've
2: changed
0: anything. It's just <laughs> on the off
1: chance that someone like plugs it in through some arcane daisy chain. You just got right. a bunch of bunch of hashes.
0: Yeah. And uh, you were the engineering director at uh, High Review at the time, and talking about programming your sprinkler system with React. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Are you still running that system?
2: Uh, no, because I moved, and so I had to rip it all out and put back the normal system, because there's no way the people who were renting our house <laughs> could figure out how to SSH into the system to get it started when it crashes.
1: That was before React was mainstream, so it wasn't, it wasn't reasonable <laughs> to expect they maintain it.
2: <laughs>
0: right
1: Now though
2: <laughs> Yeah, now I now I just leave it Yeah No problem
0: <laughs> Okay, and uh, give us a little update About where you are today
2: uh, Okay, so for the last two years I've been working at, a, a, at Amazon Working on Alexa um, I'm a senior software engineer here And uh, I spent most of that time in Boston actually Working in their Cambridge office Which was really cool And then just a couple months ago Moved back to Salt Lake City Where I continue working on Alexa
0: Awesome. And how how is that working remotely? Do do they have very many remote employees?
2: No, it's not a thing Amazon does very often. I'm actually working in an office here uh, in the Sandy area. And um, most of my team is remote, but quite frankly, working out of Boston, most of the people I worked with were in Seattle anyway. So it's Mm -hmm. uh, kind of the same. In fact, a little easier because I'm two hours closer in time zone.
0: Okay, cool. And Jameson, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into coding?
1: Sure. So I started programming when I was 21 in college. I took an intro to CS class because I had a friend who told me he thought I would like it, and I don't know if that was a compliment or an insult, (laughs) but he was right. I took the class and I really liked it. It's not the most exciting origin story. I just went to school for a while and then figured out what to do with my life by going to a class and enjoying it, but... Uh, I feel like I came to it pretty late uh, and, nice. I and had a, friend had a lot like of that and catching up to do.
0: I had a friend that I thought would enjoy it, and he did not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Jameson, I mean, have it, you
0: stayed in touch with this friend? Uh, uh, Yeah. Oh, Jameson.
1: I have off and on. It's been a while, but, yeah, we, we stayed in touch. I mean, he knows it's my career now. I don't know if I ever told him the reason I did it was because of him, though you should maybe maybe i should yeah okay i'll send him a message after the show
2: and then depending on how right. work is going that day it, you know it could either be super positive or. <laughs> <thermal>. <laughs>
1: you're the reason i don't work as a forest ranger out in <laughs> nature
0: <laughs> yep
1: yeah uh, is that what you're gonna do um, you're gonna
0: be a forest ranger or
1: i mean that's always the backup I don't know <laughs> at much about forests or ranging. Or trees? Yeah, but it feels like maybe there's a boot camp I could go to for wilderness survival skills or something.
2: Oh, they're, they're all yeah. the rage now. 12, 12 week immersive boot camp? 12 week immersive. <laughs> 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 they're popping up wilderness everywhere. Wilderness mean.
1: firefighter boot camp. Yep.
2: If not, there's always YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, so I, I started programming in college and I enjoyed it. And then I just kind of got part time gigs at school in research labs or on campus. And then uh, I, I got a job before I graduated. And I found out that I could just not graduate and still have that job. <laughs> um, so I accidentally did that and didn't ever finish college. I have one class left still. But for a couple of mm. years, I had two classes. So I'm getting closer. You're halfway there. Ever closer, yeah. Oh, and you're, like, you're maybe, like that
2: frog that jumps halfway to the pond every time. But since you're dealing in discrete numbers, you'll never close the get
1: that final gap. Is it Zeno's yeah. paradox, but just for yeah. college graduation? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that every... I, I get halfway closer to graduating, the distance cuts in half, and then... Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think that describes... I, I'm unclear how it ever terminates, too, just like Zeno. Um, so then I worked at consumer kind of product startups for a while. I did some consulting and then I've been at Walmart labs for a, almost exactly a year now.
0: Mm. Happy anniversary. What is exactly Walmart labs? Walmart labs is a lot
1: of different things. I think now it's kind of all of their e-commerce stuff. So, um, just imagine Dave and I glaring at each other right now because he works for Amazon and I work for Walmart. So we're we're just glaring, right? (laughs) Uh, mm, but Walmart it's Labs not hard to f- imagine
0: looking at your uh, avatar. Yeah, <laughs>
1: just a scowl. Walmart Labs is kind of the the umbrella for all of the e commerce stuff Walmart is doing. Um, there's a lot of people that work there. I think our general Slack channel has thirty thousand people in it. Whoa! But uh, I don't know all those people. I know some small fraction. Yeah. Of them. So I,
0: I hope you have that channel muted. I
1: <laughs> do, and it's actually not as bad at, just all everyone blasting here notifications as i would expect i'm in smaller mm. channels that are much worse so <laughs> oh yeah slack life is okay
2: i wonder if walmart caused well, some and, pretty serious uh, scaling problems for the slack team when they first launched that channel
1: i mean scaling like how deep their pool of money is that they dive into <laughs> 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 they're probably fine <laughs>
0: and how did y'all meet oh how did we meet I don't even know. Do you know how we
2: met, Dave? I don't remember not knowing Jameson, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure we
1: ever met. Maybe like a meetup? But yeah, I don't remember a discreet time that I met Dave. It might have been at a meetup because we both went to Utah JS meetups. There's some local JavaScript meetups. Um, Dave spoke at the very first conference that I ever put on. And then Dave was a guest, or not a guest, Dave was a host for a long time on a podcast I was on with him. But I don't remember, we had to have met before those things, so I don't know.
2: Well, you're, you're getting dangerously close amazing. to our big secret, which is that Jamison and I are actually two voices of the same person. So we have <laughs> oh. trouble with questions like, when did you meet?
1: Yeah. <laughs> At creation. <laughs> yeah, I think, nice. I, I don't know how long it's been even. I don't either. Um, Uh, we just have known each other and then like my brain backfilled that back into as far as i can remember i think (laughs) the
2: funny thing is i I don't even remember what you look like half the time
1: yeah we so dave moved back to utah and i don't think i've seen him since then in person
2: i don't think so but we do talk every week i think i've seen you in person like maybe four or five times
1: yeah it's been great in like
2: four (laughs) or five
0: years (laughs) that's awesome weird And, and uh Jameson, I, I see you on Twitter so often that I forget your name is Jameson. I think it's Jergeson.
1: Yeah. Uh, that was a nickname from my friend's older brother when I was 11, which is just how internet nicknames used to happen, I guess, before people knew they had to brand themselves <laughs> on the internet. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, you got a Hotmail.
0: Someone someone gave you a nickname on Hotmail or yep. AIM or something.
1: Yep. You're a skater dude, basketball fan, 4,000 for life.
0: mm <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, what did, What made y'all decide to start the Soft Skills Engineering podcast?
2: Hmm. Oh, I remember. Do you remember, Jameson?
1: Uh, I'm curious to hear what you say. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, we're coming up on our third anniversary
2: in a couple months.
1: You're right. It's yeah, three nice. years. Congrats. Yeah,
2: 140 episodes so far. So,. I remember at one point, Jameson had some conundrum at work. I can't remember what it was. Uh, some kind of people problem, I think, because Jameson's just always causing trouble with the people. <laughs> and and he's I think he sent me a Slack message or something and said, hey, Dave, I wanted to get your advice on this situation or something. And we chatted about it, and I probably gave some terrible advice. And then uh, we all had a good hearty laugh and went back to work. And then I think the next day, Jameson was like, wouldn't it be nice if we had some kind of way to get advice like this or something like that and then i think both of us at the same time said we should start a podcast like speaking in in unison (laughs) that's how i remember the story anyway
1: okay nice i i remember it as seeing like a youtube video or or there's some media i consumed that i felt like was about soft skills but was kind of boring and not uh it felt very salesy i guess mm. and um i also i do enjoy talking about this kind of thing and i think it's fun to think about i'm i'm certainly not an expert but the genre of the the niche of like technical but someone who also thinks about soft skills i think is is a little bit unique so it was kind of a desire to both talk about it more with dave but also to um maybe try and increase the amount of non sales pitch <laughs> Type of of content out there, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, and yeah. I've been
2: measuring that. I think we've put about a two percent dent in the sales <laughs> in <pitchiness>. sales pitch. <laughs>
1: the metrics are trending well. Yes, is that what you are saying? Yes, we're well on our
2: way. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah, But seriously, like this in, this yeah. this subject matter is chock full of people who uh, have a book to sell, or have a course you can take, or have a consulting gig. About coaching, or what you know, whatever it is, there's there's a handful of folks out there, and Jameson and I thought, wouldn't it be cool to get some like real advice? Well, I shouldn't say real advice because other people's advice no. is real too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's like we you know how the Daily Show? I don't know. Are you familiar with the Daily Show? Yeah, yeah. Back when is that
0: a uh, like political comedy?
1: Yeah. So when okay. it was, uh, John Stewart was the host of it for a long time, and he would always claim it's a comedy show. It's not a news show or mm-hmm. a politics show. Whenever anyone tried to hold him to exactly, journalistic standards. exactly. <laughs> but then he would like go out and do some, I don't know, fairly informative politics journalism oh, stuff. Yeah. So I feel like we get to play both sides like that. Yep. we where we want to. We can be like, Hey, it's a joke. Nothing we say is serious. <laughs> We're just having fun, but we can still kind of like wrestle with some hard problems and, and try and help people. So, yeah. uh, we we get it both ways. <laughs> yeah. So what really
2: sets our show apart, I think, is that we are uh, we are in the trenches, engineers doing engineering work every day, uh, and so when we speak from experience, we're we're talking like about our lives as engineers. And I think I think people find that interesting, more interesting than like you know the author who has a book to sell, who um, j- you know is actually a, a formally trained marketing expert, <laughs> you know, um, but is talking about engineering. So. That's kind of our thing. Yeah. We are completely marketing right. illiterate, sales illiterate, and to us, that's an advantage.
1: <laughs> it, it means there's a bunch of work that we're not capable of doing, <laughs> so we just don't worry about doing it.
0: Nice. Yeah, so uh, like speaking of work and, and, and advice, like how do you how do you come up with, with answers? Are you, are you learning about this kind of stuff through any other medium or just kind of through experience?
2: Look, we we spend hours researching the latest material from Harvard Business Review and other fine institutions
1: every time we get a question. I'm on LinkedIn every day reading all those think pieces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I find most of the best content comes from LinkedIn. <laughs> from my, my cousin's church mate (laughs) who who i'm connected to just all all about the waste management industry (laughs) so i think that about sums it up (laughs) so i i think that's a good question and we don't have like a very deliberate research process as dave (laughs) is illustrating but i think this is a topic we're both intrinsically interested in and want to do a good job at work so i i feel like the answers come from both things that we've tried that didn't work and things that we've tried that have worked, and our our own. Uh, I, I feel like the answers are output from my day job, basically. Yeah. Where I, I mean, I Dave, you talked about like people who write management books, but I buy those books and then I read them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to do what they say, and sometimes I feel like it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. But it's it's kind of there's not a formal. Research or or content production process because, like Dave said, it is just it's a lot of what we do day to day. So, and, and let me just tell just you, like, talk about what we know.
2: We, we don't shy away from these hard hitting, edgy topics. Like, how do I deal with a coworker who has stinky feet? You know, like we go after that. <laughs> and, like, I, I challenge you to find another podcast that's going after issues like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Have you answered that question before?
2: Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, we did. Okay. We did. That's episode one thirty one. Oh my gosh!
1: Gotcha. Do you even know that?
2: Yeah, I mean, how could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> it's easy. Jameson had some really, real good insights on that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, we speak from the heart. Like when people ask us questions, and by the way, we we get—I don't know—we've we, got like a, well over a hundred questions in our backlog that people have written in so far that we haven't gotten to yet after answering a couple hundred uh, in the past. And we speak from the heart. Like, and I and I I really try to say like, well, you know, I've been in an experience similar to this, and here's what happened. And and I think people find that interesting because it's it's like I'm an engineer. I listen to you know, as an audience member, I'm an I'm an engineer and, and I have my own experiences and I often wonder, do other people have a similar experience to me, or is this like a completely unique thing? And I love it when I hear other people say, Oh yeah, I've been through that same problem and here's what I did, and I'm like, Oh, it just feels so good to to know that I'm not the only one out there struggling with a stinky footed coworker. <laughs>
0: right. Like even if you don't have a good answer, it's just good to know that someone else has dealt with that
2: yeah maybe that that gives me an idea maybe we should pivot the show to just reading all the questions and not actually <laughs> answering them <laughs> just say burn the i'm sorry them. for your pain and then
1: read yeah the next exactly <laughs> okay next question <laughs> we'll just rename it the empathy
2: show that's all we do yeah
1: i yeah yeah um i i feel like we we do try and draw from our personal experience but there are definitely times where we feel like our experience does not cover this situation. I feel like th- this comes up when uh, people from other other parts of the worlds that have different cultures or people of different uh, kind of gender or racial backgrounds um, they they deal with different issues than we do. And so we we try and make it as universal as we can, but it's all colored through the lens of our own experience and our backgrounds too. Yeah, and I don't I don't really know how we don't do cool. that. <laughs> yeah, we just, we just acknowledge it and and say like this is this is who we are and where we're coming from.
2: here's how we deal with it. We say, it's a comedy show. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: true. (laughs) Why are you taking this so seriously? (laughs) Comedy advice podcast. Yeah. So at the beginning of each episode, you have something about like, uh, engineering is not just about fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And how do you come up with those, those things? Again, (laughs) this
2: one comes right from the heart. Like I literally just troll through the things I've been working on or worked with this week uh, and then I just slap it up there. So our tagline is, it takes more than great code to be a great engineer. And we believe that. But we substituted the word code for whatever skill we happen to be uh, invoking. It takes more than great topological sorting skills to be a great engineer. It takes more than great, um, you know, big O notation skills to be a great engineer. Anyway, so whatever you happen to be working on that week, uh, I like Jameson's the best. His are always a and, and Jameson,
0: are those what you've been working on? Uh, sometimes.
1: Sometimes they're what I wish I was working on. And sometimes <laughs> they're what I wish did not exist in <laughs> the world <laughs> yeah um but you you could do a reasonable approximation of what are like what i have typed into my computer by by trolling through those i guess yeah <laughs> that that might be the hardest part of the show actually is um thinking of things to say that we haven't said yet. Already. yeah right you keep track of what you said already yeah. okay oh yeah Good. uh yeah, sort of. Remember, we, I'm sure we'll have some duplicates, but well,
2: we you know, remember we're we're very careful record keepers. We're I mean, this is a very serious right. show, so
0: everything we do, we take <laughs> very serious. journalistic yes. standards. yeah exactly. If you repeat yourself, then it's a comedy podcast. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: If the IRS audits us, it's a comedy podcast. <laughs> you can't. You wouldn't audit a comedy podcast, no. would you? That'd be absurd.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, you're right will go away. <laughs> so, Jameson,
0: you said you read some of those business books. What are your, some of your favorite business books?
1: Oh, I don't know. It's like whichever one I read most recently because um, I'm easily swayed by whatever
0: right? I read most recently. Hang on. Let me look said at my you, bookshelf. you try to do what they say. You can't do what they all say, right?
1: Yeah, they all contradict each other. So I, I, I really like uh, – there's one called The Manager's Path. That one's pretty – niche focused on technical engineering management. Um, and it's really well written. It's written by a woman who's an experienced engineer and engineering leader who's who's been CTO and everything kind of in between. Uh, and it's it's very detailed and practical. So I, I like that one. There's one called um, performance review or, and management. Let me, it's, it's from the 70s and my dad gave it to me. And uh, it's kind of about how do you clearly and articulately talk about performance and how someone is doing and what your expectations are for their performance at work, which is a really hard problem. Hmm. And, and a, the reason the why problem. nobody really does. Yeah. Everybody just knows like, I hope I don't get fired. And then <laughs> <laughs> I guess that means I'm doing okay. Cause I didn't yeah. get fired. Hang on. Let me look at my bookshelf. But, but look, if
2: your title. boss comes to you and says you're fired, all you got to do is say, what? I thought this was a comedy job. <laughs> This is this is what makes the show great, by the way. Jameson does his homework. He's read a ton of these books. I have read one book about this subject. You always recommend it. <laughs> yes. It's the same one. It's the same book. <laughs> what what is that one book? No, I'm embarrassed to even say it out loud. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it the influencers one? No, is that No,
2: that that's not the title.
1: <laughs> oh, okay okay well i got my books uh performance appraisal and human development it's this like ratty old copy that has all my dad's notes from when he was uh a a young manager so it's kind of fun to read through and then another one which is also an old book is called the effective executive Mm -hmm. Uh, oh
0: yes i've heard of that one Hmm.
1: that one's good because um it's short and i feel like it was written before um I feel like a lot of these books um, get into kind of pop psychology as a way to market themselves and make themselves more interesting, but also that makes them a little bit right. fluffier to get through. Mm-hmm. Like they'll, they'll just cite the same studies and right. experiments over so and over again. So this is like pre-Malcolm Gladwell. Um, and this, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is from the 60s. This is just some guy who charges giant megacorps a ton of money to make their lives better, and just just uh, talking about how to effectively manage your time and your output. Nice. But I read I read a bunch of them, and then I usually get burnt out and go read only trashy sci-fi for like a couple <laughs> months <Yeah. laughs> to kind of cycle yeah. off of them.
2: So now, none of these were written by software engineers,
1: right? Um, the manager's path was written by a software engineer. Okay, these other two yeah. and are that's
2: not. a fa- the manager's path is fairly recent, right?
1: Yep, yeah, it's a couple of years ago. Yeah.
2: Okay, my, I have this theory, but by the way, that that's not to discount those books that were not written by software engineers, but my theory is that the industry right now is so young that software engineers only in the last 10 years or so are moving into management after having had a reasonably long career as individual contributing software engineers. And I, I predict that in about 10 years' time, we're going to see just a huge flood of of books like the Manager's Path that are written by former individual contributor software engineers turned manager, reflecting on their experiences and lessons learned hmm. in a book form.
1: Maybe written by Dave Smith.
0: Yeah. May- so y'all aren't selling any books yet.
2: <laughs> Maybe written by one. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, let's just say this marks the uh, the decade pre-tour of my book tour. <laughs> Remember all <laughs> that your all that stuff we said
1: about not selling out? That was a joke as part of our comedy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> So it's not a contradiction if we sell out in the future. (laughs) (laughs) We
2: can do whatever we want.
0: (laughs) Cool. So, uh, Jameson, your Twitter bio says you're interested in the Dunning-Kruger effect. thought that was pretty interesting. Can you explain (laughs) that? It's more
1: like I I live it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll try and give a definition of it. It it won't be great because I'm not going to look it up on Wikipedia first. But the Dunning-Kruger effect is about the tendency for people to rate their own performance and the the more expert people are in a subject the more accurately they rate their own performance and the less people know about a subject or a domain the less accurate they are about rating but the more biased they are towards rating themselves positively so kind of concisely it's like people who are bad at a thing think that they're good Uh, at a thing and people mm-hmm. who are who are good at a thing think maybe they're good at it. So
2: you know, The thing that drives me nuts about you, Jameson, is that you just think you're such an expert on the Dunning-Kruger effect. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it's it's kind of like the flip side of imposter syndrome where you, you you may be talented and accomplished in your field, but you just think, but if they only knew that I'm just a hack and and I have to Google how to write a for loop every time or whatever the thing is that you think makes you an imposter. Yeah, no, I Dunning Kruger is like you, you don't know what you're doing, but that convinces you you're you awesome because you don't know how hard it is.
2: Exactly. So I think the imposter syndrome is, is exactly the fifty percent of the people in the Dunning Kruger study, right? It's the it's the people <laughs> who actually are not
0: imposters. Um, yeah. they all think oh, I'm those probably are not the that people those are the people we like to see on American Idol. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and and quite
2: frankly, they're the they're the teammates I love to work with.
1: The wait, which ones? The
2: ones who don't think they're <laughs> really good, but they are really good. Oh.
1: Oh, I was those about the other side. They Oh, yeah, I thought I thought you were talking about the other oh, ones. Oh, well, you too. guys are
2: you guys are mean cuz I like I like the Susan <laughs> Boyle's of American Idol, you know, the people who are like Well,
0: yeah, both are good.
2: Uh they don't they don't think they're yeah. great. But you just like to laugh at people who think they're better than they are. <laughs>
1: So cruel. I don't know that much about American Idol. Sorry. That's
2: because you spend too much time reading business books. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this episode of Web of Tomorrow is brought to you by School. Established in 2013, School is an award-winning coding boot camp located in Salt Lake City, Utah. And it's the first of its kind in Utah. It's a truly immersive environment. They have alumni at Google, Adobe, Domo, and IBM to name a few. They're really making it affordable to launch a career in tech. They're GI Bill approved, and they also have a pay later option where you pay no tuition until you start making over 40k. you will immerse yourself in learning new skills like full-stack JavaScript development or experience design. They have a 7 to 1 student-teacher ratio, and you'll get dedicated one-on-one mentorship. So they really take care of everything, so you can just focus on learning. Check them out at vschool.io. If you go visit, tell them that you heard about them on Web of Tomorrow, and it'll help support the show. vSchool, refactoring technical education. And thanks to vSchool for sponsoring the show. So, Jameson, you help run React Rally, is that correct? Yep. Yeah, React Rally is a conference that
1: I co-organize with my good friend Matt Zabriskie. It's uh, in Salt Lake City in August, usually, in kind of the end of the summer. And it's loosely around React. It's more like stuff interesting to people who like to write React, but it's not all top 10 weird React tricks that will make your code better or whatever it's. Um, we had we had a talk about uh, by Evan Koplicki, the creator of Elm. We've had stuff about kind of software uh, anthropology and kind of the culture on software. And then there is some, some kind of very React-focused stuff.
0: That's cool. So how did you end up starting that?
1: hubris <laughs> <laughs> it was it was because i went to a few conferences and thought these things could be way better if only i were in charge <laughs> and all my good ideas were the things that happened uh and then um a slow realization kind of like the dunning kruger effect mm. actually <laughs> where where i i volunteered at a few conferences and attended at a, a couple and spoke at a couple and um really i really enjoy tech conferences and the experience of being around a community of developers but i did feel like there were some uh unique things that i wanted to try or or i don't know if they're unique just things i didn't see at other conferences that i wanted to try and then a little bit of just like ego like i want to make my thing and then it'll be good because it's mine yeah
2: that's a good thing you didn't know about the dunning kruger effect when you decided
1: to Yeah, I mean, the Dunning-Kruger effect is probably responsible for a lot of successful businesses, yeah. not just, yeah, I just I was just thinking about that.
2: Like, I get pretty discouraged because of, I think about things like the Dunning-Kruger effect, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't, shouldn't even try that. I'm not an expert, you know? Yeah, I don't want to look like that idiot Dunning-Kruger effect guy.
1: Yeah, you hear the cliche about how you you didn't know what you didn't know, and that's why you were, I don't know, bold mm-hmm. enough to do it or whatever. I mean, it's not like a bold brave stand to start a tech conference but it it was uh a thing i wanted to do um and and then react was uh coming into popularity at that time there wasn't a conference when we first started talking about it facebook's conference happened a little bit after we started talking about doing this conference and kind of validated the fact that oh people will come uh to a tech Mm -hmm. conference about react and then uh matt and i had volunteered together at some other community events and and didn't really know each other at all. So I think we gambled and got really lucky in that we get along and have compatible skill sets and personalities um, because we would be spending several thousand hours together <laughs> on on a business, it turns out, over the years. Uh, and, and then I, I knew some folks who had also done some conference organizing and asked them for a little bit of advice on uh, how to get started and how to get all the logistics sorted out, that kind of thing.
0: Nice. And uh, what what were some of the uh, things that you wanted to do differently?
1: So one thing I feel really strongly about is single track versus multi-track. I don't enjoy the feeling of multi-track conferences because it's too easy to hop between talks and not engage fully in any talk and and your conference going experience is totally different from everyone else's because you're all in a different subset of talks so kind of like splits the group and fractures it a little bit Um, i like smaller events where you can feel like you get to meet everybody and talk to everybody i think that fosters a stronger sense of community and closer connections i think speakers should be compensated for their time and treated well to the extent possible they put in a ton of effort and stress and are away from their jobs and families and lives to come speak in an event. And, and I think treating them well uh, makes the event better. And then I think an emphasis on the hallway track as, as an explicit thing, not a thing you do to skip out on the conference talks is, is part of what we do where we have a bunch of activities. We have really long breaks between talks. Um, we send people out in the city for lunch instead of bringing catered lunch to kind of just have them explore the town and make friends and, and meet different people. Um, and then it's, it's, it's relatively inexpensive and it's in a relatively accessible and inexpensive area. So I think it's fairly financially accessible. Um, we do a lot of scholarships and, and, uh, help to get people to come to it where it's, it's, that's still too much for them, but I think making it, uh, Super expensive conferences have fancier perks, but you also are changing the kind of audience that can come to people whose companies will pay for their event or people who are fine dropping like thousands of dollars paying their own way to a conference. And we kind of want it to be open to a wider group. than Nice.
0: Me. Yeah. So you want to open to a wider group, but then also have a smaller group there so they can get to know each other.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is kind of a contradiction. Uh, a, a wider pool. Right. Um and uh, we we don't sell out we've sold out the past few years but it hasn't been in like seconds so um I think it's still we're still at we'll see what happens this year but I think we're still at the point where um we will be full but it's not impossible to come if you if you really want to come. Nice. Um Yeah. Yeah, so sense?
0: one of the biggest things to get out of it is the sense of community and meeting people it sounds like. Um what uh what kind of value do you want people to get out of attending the talks? Um, I think the talks should... There's a few different
1: kinds of talks. There's ones that are very applicable to your day-to-day job, so more kind of tactical or skill or technology-focused, where um, maybe someone's talking about Webpack, and it helps you figure out how to bundle split better, and then you apply these things you learn to the task that you're doing. There are also talks that are more like um put this idea in your brain so we we've had a few talks about elm actually and just that idea of oh pure statically typed functional programming is a thing that exists and and is uh less intimidating to try than maybe i i had expected and there's a way to get into it and do front-end development i think that's a fun idea to plant in people's brains um, and then there are also just talks that sound really <laughs> personally interesting to me i kind of like uh there was one oh gosh i i'm torn between mentioning talks specifically and not mentioning all the other ones
0: right and they're all gonna feel left out if you don't
1: i like they're all my anymore. children right like <laughs> yeah they're let's
2: just say that if you don't mention my talk at react
1: rally I'll okay be super well offended. Every talk but Dave's talk is my favorite talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> we had one in 2018 where someone brought a, uh, uh, like a, a, I think it was a double bass, like one of those upright standing bass. Uh, it was that, and a trumpet player, and a is vocalist that one on of those, stage, uh, and they cello? had someone. Cellos? It's bigger it than a cello, and, I think. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know what the real word is for it. Upright bass, maybe. Right. But anyways, th- he brought like this this little band on stage, and he had to talk about the React component life cycles, and he had the band perform pieces inspired by the React component life cycles, and that was just a fun experience. It was cool to be in the audience and see this band like play <laughs> the component did update hmm. method, and whatever that meant to them, <laughs> and it was, it was kind of wild. Uh, that was really fun. Um, so I guess the. the the talks kind of help set the tone for the event in that it's uh you can learn practical things you'll also probably hear some stuff you might not know you were interested in and then you'll probably hear some things you just don't care that much about but you're you're all in it together with everybody
0: so is that where the idea of elm got planted in your mind or did you because i know you're something you're interested in did you learn about it earlier
1: uh, <laughs> Like, I don't remember when I met Dave. I don't remember when, when you met when Elm. Elm. <laughs> yeah, we had an Elm talk at the first React rally, I think, in 2014.
2: I don't think it was 2014. Wait. There you go. 2015.
1: 2015. Yeah, 2015. But I, I already knew about it then, but I don't mm. think I had written very much. And then that's kind of when I... Um, started getting into it a little bit more and then I gave a talk about it in 2016 and I used it at work a little bit in 2016 um, and I I follow it but I don't write it professionally right now that's kind of the current state of yeah. Elm and I I think it's great and I do something completely different at work cool
0: yeah i really like that idea of uh a conference talk just planting the idea or the seed of an idea in in your mind and that's one of those things that's hard to go back to your employer and say this is the value that i got out of this conference that will help me at work but i think it's really important yeah i i think
1: there's a genre of conference talks that um that communicate information in a way that would be hard to communicate over a blog post, for example. And and um, we have all kinds of talks, but uh, there are some talks that are kind of like, here's how to use this thing. And you could maybe argue there's other ways to learn that same knowledge. But in, in terms of just uh, giving you the feel for an idea, I feel like an in-person conference talk... Um, you listen differently when you're in an audience in person to someone speaking, even then when you watch the talk on YouTube and certainly differently than when you are kind of exploring documentation or something. So I think it, I don't know any technical terms about it. It feels like it touches different parts of my brain.
0: Yeah. Seems like there should be a technical word for that, uh, but don't,
1: yeah. Don't tell your <laughs> boss though, that you go there to meet people to get a different <laughs> job. <laughs> Cause that, that does happen a lot too. <laughs> nice. Meet someone, make friends, and then
0: one of you hires the other person. And, I mean, what yeah. what do you think is different about watching a talk in person versus versus on YouTube? Because I don't think I've ever put that in words, but I've kind of felt that same thing. That I I don't know, for I, I think one one thing is I never find the time to watch a video.
2: I uh, I have the same issue. I don't. It's a, it comes down to attention span. When I've invested the time and effort to go to a conference, I will pay attention to the talks a lot more so than I ever would. Yeah. I would never do like a eight hour YouTube talk session, you know? So.
1: Oh man. Cool. Yeah. It sounds rough. I think you're right. I think it's, I think a lot of it is your own commitment and it's, it's like less, less, uh, socially acceptable to just switch away and answer emails or be on Twitter or whatever. Though people totally do that at conferences and that's their choice. You can do whatever you want. We've, uh, We've toyed with the idea. Actually, we did have kind of a no-laptop section. um, And it was interesting Mm. where um, just the fact that you have your laptop on your lap, I think, makes you listen differently. And even if you're saying you're taking notes, I think most people, (laughs) the way they take notes is to, like, go do something else besides take notes. (laughs) I know when I brought my laptop to class in college to take notes... I just got so much less out of class. Yeah, that's why you need um, to bring a typewriter. And I think there's something to that with conference talks. <laughs> yeah, just just grow that man bun out and sit on the front row and yep. type on your <laughs> yep. clacky typewriter. Um I yeah, I, I did go to a conference that banned all laptops, like a hard ban, and it was one of the best um sitting in the audience listening to talks experiences I've had. Yeah. So I, th- I think there's something to that attention.
0: So you had like a, a certain section of the audience where there was no laptops allowed? So it was, we didn't provide power to
1: those sections. I don't think we explicitly uh, said like, shut your laptop, please. <laughs> like call people out from the stage. Um, but it kind of worked out that all the people who wanted to have their laptops open sat in part of the room where the power and the tables were. And everyone else sat in in different seating. There were a few laptops still, but most people were... Uh, we're listening more intently
0: nice yeah i mean i've seen people in the audience of talks preparing their own slides for their talk Uh, all sorts of things
1: yeah yeah and i mean like people have freedom and they can make their own choices and some people have commitments but i do think if you can pay attention the experience is better if you pay attention
0: yeah um i found a few times that if it's a talk i know I'm not that interested in and and paying attention would just drain my energy. Goofing off in some way during the talk, I guess that's that's one thing the hallway track is good for. But doing something else during the talk uh, can help revitalize me for the next talk that I'm interested in.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And I like how you said it drains energy because it it totally does. I feel worn out in a different way when I go to conferences than I do at just my day job where I'm learning things. Um, yeah, and that—that that is part of. But the, nothing compared to an eight-hour hour YouTube conference track. talk binge. Yeah, n- nothing can compare to that. <laughs> how would you know? Have you ever done it? Sometimes, no. Well, uh, how close is it to an eight-hour Netflix <laughs> viewing session? Because I have done that. Is it a similar feeling? <laughs> no, no.
0: Because I would only do I would only do Netflix binge if I, it's I'm r- really interested and just can't stop myself. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, you a mean conference you talk.
1: You can stop yourself from hearing about yeah. web I mean, A conference
0: talk never ends in a cliffhanger that the next conference talk picks up on. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> yeah. That so is I'd a good be able idea. to see that. Take take notes, Yeah, Jameson. That is a really good idea. I am. I when Bandersnatch came out, I've been thinking for a long time about a choose your own adventure talk and it was cool to see someone spend millions of dollars yeah. to do that at a much larger production. If you could scale. get But it'd be fun to like prep a talk and then just have a slideshow that's like you investigate this library or you write it yourself and then it just wildly <laughs> changes direction based on what nice. the audience picks
0: or if you get all the conference uh, speakers to work together to make a continuous story of all their talks that would be that'd be good it sounds like a plan all right um i'm pretty much out of questions um well, we've got a backlog, a backlog of about 100 or so
2: soft skills engineering <laughs> questions, if it <that> would help. <laughs> yeah, I was
0: actually considering, like, should I ask, like, a soft skills question? But I, had, I can't think of any.
1: That means you've got it all figured out. I'm impressed.
2: Do, well, do you have any coworkers with stinky feet? Because we no. got one of no. those. <laughs> okay. Sorry. That one's in the can ready for you. <laughs> I'll go back and listen to
0: 131 if I need to. well uh where can people find you and your podcast online
2: go to soft skills.audio that's our website i'll bet you didn't know dot audio is a top level domain but it is and dance uh and then um oh yeah that's right
0: (laughs) i forget about that sometimes i'm still waiting for them to make garrett harris a top level domain
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) garrett hyphen harris yeah that's yeah that's coming i'm sure um Anyway, go there or, you know, really the best thing to do is just pull up your podcasting app if you listen to podcasts and just search Soft Skills Engineering uh, and we'll be right there in the search results and then subscribe and bask in the awesomeness. Remember, it's just a comedy show and if you take any of our advice seriously, that's a mistake unless it makes you a ton of money, in which
0: case it's not a comedy show at all. You can uh, send (laughs) in a testimonial.
1: So it's either sorry or you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. that's the tagline
0: (laughs) (laughs) and uh where where else anywhere else people can find you online i
1: post a bunch on twitter i'm jergason j-e-r-g-a-s-o-n on twitter i have a blog but i don't write there that often it's jameson.dance uh and it is a tld which is cool somebody showed me that and then i snapped it up that's pretty much i mean obviously linkedin but those are the three main places my, my, have you uh written any good think pieces on LinkedIn recently? Um uh, all of oh. them. All of the good <laughs> it's kind of like a ghostwriting service for my ideas.
2: Right. I see <laughs> other people write. Yeah, your stuff you just anything
1: credit. you see out there has some roots in uh <laughs> in my deep thought. Uh no, I haven't written anything on LinkedIn. Yet. Cool.
2: Neither have I. So you won't find me there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then if you and then if you search for dave smith on twitter you will find a bunch yeah just pick one <laughs> 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 pick the one you like the best
1: <laughs> uh, no, i'm gonna search
2: i'm gonna go pick one right now
1: i'll give your twitter handle if you want dave it's D- dj smith 42 right aren't you dj smith 42
2: yeah, I, I'm on Twitter at DJ Smith 42, but I, I'm finding many more interesting Dave Smiths here in the search results. So <laughs> you might be better off. <laughs>
1: Time to acquire them.
2: <laughs> oh, good point.
0: Nice. Yes, well, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was fun talking. Thanks hey, for like having us. us.